0: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, October 27th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff?
1: Going good, Rod. How's it going there?
0: It's going pretty good. No complaints whatsoever. We have a guest with us today, uh, Patrick Monroe. You go by Patrick?
2: Oh, yep, yeah, sure. Patrick's good. Yep, yeah, Patrick from Pencil Storm, yep.
0: <laughs> How are things going, Patrick?
2: Uh, you know, I can't complain. Like as we just talked about, this is a little better uh, Tuesday than last week in terms of Browns land. So uh, I'm doing all right.
0: Yeah, five and two Browns are five and two, coming off another thrilling win. So uh, so yeah, we got a lot of Browns to talk about. Before we do that, we're going to turn the floor over to you, Patrick, and just kind of give you a few minutes here to talk about your Browns journey. You know, just um, you know, your, your life as a Browns fan, maybe uh, how, how it started and, you know, memories or uh, favorite players. Anything you want to share with with anybody who's listening?
2: Absolutely. Uh, well, I, and I don't know how many other fan bases can really call our fanship a journey. But I think Browns fans kind of that's a uh, that's ubiquitous yeah. to all of us. Um, uh, child <laughs> sure. of the 80s. I grew up on the west side of Cleveland. Um you know, watch the drive and fumble with my dad. Uh, Bernie Kosar went to my church growing up, so we'd see him at Mass. So huge part. that Those, eight, those 80s teams were just such a big part of my growing up and my existence. Um, and then, you know, you move into the 90s, the move. Um, in the early 90s, I, I uh, went to college in Pennsylvania for a little bit. A lot of Steelers fans there. So actually, got to watch that playoff loss where we were winning and then losing with a bunch of Steelers fans. So that might ex of all the, the hardships and pain, that was one of the, uh, that was one of the worst ones, maybe even more than the drive and fumble and this, uh, have continued to watch. Uh, obviously the, 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 story of them coming back has been so big and, you know, so 99, um, I'm living in Columbus now, uh, and, you know, get to find pockets of fans and hang out and it's, it's a really big part of the people we hang out with and, uh, you know, uh, my wife's also from Northeast Ohio. Um, just, uh, it, it's ingrained in you. So, um, you know, a lot of our friends, big Browns fans, uh, and then I've met Colin who runs pencilstorm.com. He's also a Browns fan and wanted a little, uh, uh Browns coverage on the site. So been doing that since, uh, I think about 2013. So kind of just off and on covering the Browns on the site. We do a couple, uh, um podcast a year and then we also uh do regular spots on cd1025 down here in columbus as well kind of jump on every now and then and add some browns uh browns news good or bad usually it's been it's been bad for most of the past few years but I, i think we might be on a little bit of upswing so that's in a nutshell my journey
0: excellent yeah yeah let's throw your your twitter handle out now it's it's at north coast posse
2: that is correct so it's me uh uh, under the handle big money. And then also the ice cube. He's also a writer on it. And then we we are the, the North coast posse. So yes, at North coast posse on Twitter.
0: Excellent. All right, guys, let's, let's move on and talk about the five and two Cleveland Browns. It's just fun to say. Absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, Browns, uh, went a thriller 37, 34 over the Bengals, man. Uh, Game had, had a little bit of everything in it. Uh, um, I, I, you know, I don't know where to start, so I, I guess I'm just going to turn it over to you guys and let you guys start. Uh, Jeff, what was uh what were what were a couple of the the biggest moments of this game for you?
1: Wow, um, just the turnaround. I think with the offense after you know looking completely out of sorts in the first quarter, um, putting things together in the second quarter. Was huge. Um, you know, there there were some amazing plays by individuals in this game, but I guess what really struck me was just how guys stepped up. Um, I tweeted something about that the other day. That um, you know, the, the Browns are now without their starting running back, their starting tight end, um, and their starting wide receiver number one guys at all three of those positions. Um, and to still be averaging 31 points a game and, and booking as efficient as they did for three of the, the, the last three quarters was pretty cool. Um, it's really a good sign for things to come.
0: Yeah, I just, I just have to talk about Baker for a second. We'll get, more, we'll get into um, a discussion on him a little bit later. But what he did, <laughs> just watching that, starting 0 for 5 um, with a pick. And then really not having an incompletion the rest of the game. He, he had one incompletion. It was the spike. Okay. So he, so, um, what was he, he had what, 20 or 20, he had 21 completions after that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's hard to understand really how a guy can, can do that. Go from that 0 and 5. Now, I know he had one pass, uh, Kareem Hunt dropped one of those, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. So we're not getting on Kareem Hunt here, but um, you know he dropped one. But twenty, pretty much twenty-one passes in a row. Twenty in a row is what what's going to count, okay? Because he set he set a club record, but it it was mm-hmm. I- incredible to watch that turnaround, and that's what that's what you were saying, Jeff. But just the actual numbers, it, it was it was hard to believe you're actually watching it, you know? I mean, I just – I've never seen anything like that before. So, Patrick, you don't have to talk about Baker. Let's go back and let you give me uh, – or give us a couple of the key plays, key moments in that game.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, Rod. Anyone who knows me knows I'm more than happy to talk about Baker. I, I do it quite often. So, actually, I'm probably a little – but very positive. I'm a big Baker guy. Um and I guess as Browns fan, we're kind of predispositioned to maybe look at some of the dark side. Mean, we've been through some 1-31, and and so I don't want to belager the the middle of the defense is bad. But what I want to talk about is just some of the plays Denzel and Miles made, just, just playmakers. And, and it, it's what we're going to need uh, until we get some holes fixed on this defense, just having two studs who actually can step out and make plays and, and game-changing plays. So I, Denzel Ward is one of the the, the the big things that sticks out to me that game because some of the things he did – we're just amazing. Uh, the stop at the goal line, the, the play where he actually slipped under a block to make a, uh, a tackle in an open field is absolutely amazing. Um, so Denzel's one of the things that sticks out to me. Good to see Hollywood. Uh, I'm a big Hollywood Higgins guy, too. I thought he was a steal in the draft and just loved the ride in uh, 2018 uh, when he, he started to break out a little bit. And um, good to see him back. So, you know, I, I will probably um, Denzel and Hollywood are the two things that stick out the most to me right now.
0: Yeah, so, so Jeff, talking about Denzel Ward, you know, the beginning of the season, the Browns, you know, uh, Greedy's hurt, Denzel's kind of banged up, and we're worried, you know, about this. But Denzel's been in there most of the time, and he's played phenomenally. So it feels like we've seen him take the next step in his development. Um do you feel that way? Do you feel it? How, how much better is he this season versus last
1: last year? I, yeah, I don't know that he's necessarily any better um, from a ability standpoint. I mean, you know, these are the kinds of plays we've been seeing Denzel Ward make since he was at Ohio State. I think he's, you know, he's a a, a tremendously talented guy when he's healthy. Um, you know, that's what you want from the leaders on your team. And, you know, between Miles and Denzel, those are the two guys that obviously the two most talented guys on the defense and, and you want them to impact the game. And Miles has been doing that for the last five games. And I think Denzel has, has always been able to do that um, when he's healthy. Um, and, and it's, it's great to see him out there impacting the game Um, In all the ways that he can, you know, um, interceptions, passes defended, um, you know, making making those impactful plays is is why you take a guy that high in the draft at one of those key positions. And I think Denzel, you know, last year was was banged up a little bit Um, this year. You're seeing what a healthy Denzel Ward is capable of.
0: You think he's changed some minds as to how important it's going to be to keep him on the Browns, you know, to to extend him going forward. I think a lot of people were concerned, really concerned about the injuries piling up, but seeing him play the way he's played this season, you think uh, I really haven't heard a lot of, a lot of talk about him as far as his future with the Browns. I think people really have noticed the way he's played. Right, but I think that I think that um, people should see that how much of a key he is to that defense now.
1: Right, I, I agree. I, th- I think um, when you see those those critical plays being made, um, it it reinforces how important it is to have guys at those key positions, and and in the NFL, uh, you know, defensive end and, and cornerback are the two critical positions um on defense and we happen to have two guys that are highly talented uh you know among the top guys in the league at their position yeah you always have to think about injury um but how hard is it to go and replace the replace denzel ward um I, just, I, I think it's one of those guys that you have to try to keep on the team.
0: Yeah, what, you, I assume you agree, Patrick.
2: Yeah, and but I have to be honest. I mean, I, I live in Columbus. I'm a Buckeye, and obviously I was a big fan of him. But the durability was an issue at at time, and, and I mm-hmm. would be a liar if I said I wasn't concerned. But the, the guy can play. He's so important. So he looked – like he felt real healthy and he was playing with a little bit of reckless abandon uh, on Sunday. Like he's, he's a little bit past the injury. So I absolutely, I, I think he's an uh, integral part of this team moving forward, but I would be uh, a liar. If I said I wasn't one of the people in the camps of geez, I don't know if this guy can stay on the field. So he he, he keeps like this. He is going to be, he's a game changer. It's that simple.
0: Yeah. So speaking of game changers, let's, let's just move right into miles Garrett, guys. Uh, Miles has set the tone on defense. He, I think, he's won some games for the Browns this year. Uh, it, it's debatable how many, but he has he has been as advertised and probably better. Uh, through seven games, uh, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, uh, nine sacks, five tackles for loss, thirteen quarterback hits, uh, twenty-two total tackles, and. I was just looking this up. I, you know, I think everybody probably knows the number is 14, which is the club record for sacks uh, by Reggie Camp back in 1984. It, it's kind of funny, you know. The Browns have a rich history. You know, we got Lou the Toe Groza, uh, you know, uh, one of the all-time highest scoring guys in, in league history, and Jim Brown, and, and uh, just a just a stable of great running backs that have played in Cleveland, and, and Otto Graham, a you know, great quarterback. When it comes to guys who get sacked the quarterback, we haven't had that many. So I'm looking at this, and you know Reggie Camp did not have a very long and distinguished career in Cleveland. So if you take Miles' season right now with nine sacks, he's actually already had... This season, the 12th best sack season that any Brown has ever had, okay? And two of those seasons above him are, are him. So, <laughs> yeah, it just shows you, um, you know, that that's one place the Browns have lacked. But Miles should easily shatter this record this season. And I'm going to talk about him a little bit more than I'm going to let you guys, um, you guys weigh in. Because I was just looking at – I didn't project Miles' numbers out. I did do projections for Odell and Baker. But, you know, over the course of – he's got nine sacks, so it probably projects to about 20, you know, for the season, I would say, somewhere around in there. Um, You think about a couple guys who have been probably the main main guys you think of as far as being disruptive on defense over the past several seasons. And I just wrote down numbers for – uh, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald um, both happened to be in 2018. I think it was probably the best season for, for each of these guys. And in 18, Khalil Mack had six forced fumbles, uh, two fumble recoveries, 12 and a half sacks, uh, 10 tackles for loss, 18 quarterback hits, and 47 tackles. Um, so Miles is on a pace to kind of blow those numbers away. And, and I know these, these guys all play, you know, different, I would say Khalil Mack doesn't really play the same exact position as, uh, you know, as miles. He's not always playing defensive end, but, and Aaron Donald certainly um, doesn't, he he lines up as a defensive tackle most of the time. But Aaron Donald's numbers in 18 were four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, uh, 20 and a half sacks but he had 20, 25 tackles for loss and 41 quarterback hits <laughs> yeah, that year so but he's going through the middle so it's a little bit different but my, my goal there was just to say that Miles the season he's having is right up there with these guys who people think of as you know as tremendously disruptive guys who pretty much took over the league so uh, Patrick I'm going to let you weigh in first on Miles yeah. and the, the, I, and the I, and impact in think- your thoughts
2: and I think when you use those as a comparison, one thing that sticks out is both Donald and specifically Mac had way better players surrounding them. I mean, they were, they were, they were good linebacking corps on both those teams, specifically. Yeah. The, Miles is doing this on a, a ramshackle of a, of a defense. I I, I don't want to keep harping on that, but I am a little worried about the defense, but I think that's one of the big things to, to uh, kind of have a season reminiscent of Mac's season that you, you, you uh, just referenced. Without the players that uh, Mac had around him, is doubly unimpressive. So, and we, we're putting a lot of pressure on him. I hope we can get we, we, we flip some trades or do something to take a little pressure off because it, I, I don't know if we can live like this. Uh, uh, we, and we've proven mm-hmm. we can't do it against the really good teams. Uh, against the Bengals, it will it will suffice. But it's it, it, we got to get him some help.
1: Yeah, I agree, Jeff. I think Patrick's completely right. Um... Is there such a thing as a franchise defensive end? Um, yeah. That's that's yeah. what he is. I mean, um, and yeah, he's he's doing it without a great supporting cast. Um, I don't think anybody is surprised by what Miles Garrett's doing. I think you know every defense in the league knows what he's capable of and, and game plans for him, and he's still able to put up those kind of numbers. Um, just historically, I would say one thing. I don't know when sacks became an official statistic, um, but some of those older Browns teams probably had some great defensive linemen that you know were looking past just because it wasn't you know a statistic back then. Um, but no question, he 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 earns his his. Big paycheck every game. Um, and we got to get, we got to figure out how to put some more quality players around Miles and Denzel Ward. I, I asked somebody on Twitter this week, um, obviously, those, those are our top two guys on defense. Um, who are three, four, and five? It's kind of hard to say. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough question
0: yeah it is tough i think you'd have to say one of the probably one of the defensive tackles would have to be in there but you know i don't know which one
1: yeah i mean sheldon richardson has has probably been in in terms of consistency and and value to the team has has probably been there um you know the other guys on the defensive line have had their moments but and then anybody in that anybody else in that back seven you know yeah. is a question mark as far as i'm concerned I and mean,
0: malcolm smith's played pretty he's played pretty pretty well but yeah i mean it's hard yeah, to he's say had some event. he's
1: had some big plays yeah but i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't say that you know it's that's an easy thing to to quantify as you know no, no who else who else is who else is untouchable on that defense it's, it's it's those two guys
0: yeah yeah you're right so let's talk about baker again guys I, I'm not going to bore you with all the stats, but I just want to throw this out there. Baker's average um, per game, his average, is is 18 completions and 28 attempts for 199 yards with two touchdowns and one pick. How do you guys feel about that going forward?
2: I... You know, like I said, I refer, I'm, I'm a big Baker guy. Um, and what I'll say is everyone knows uh, about the, the famous Browns quarterback jersey with all the names on the back. And the, <laughs> we, all, we all saw the memes. We, it's been shoved in our face for years. So to say we, we've seen bad quarterback play, we know what that looks like. This is different. He, he puts the ball. He's got velocity. Seeing some of velocity, um velocity guy that will make plays, it's different. I, uh, I, I think he's doing what he needs to do. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on the Odell thing and what, what the offense will look like better. Where, I mean, I, yeah, I know that's been a big topic of discussion, but I, I like when he gets to spray the ball a little bit um, and uh, you know, kind of pick and choose a different um, uh, receiver each time rather than kind of locking in. Um, but I, I, like, I, I'm a big Baker guy, and l- we've seen our fair share of bad quarterbacking. This is not it. He is, he's different. He uh, is a guy I think we can ride
0: uh, over the next few years. Yeah, what do you think, Jeff? What do you think of those numbers?
1: Well, look, you, you and I have talked before about Baker, and, and then really the question is the ceiling. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, what's his ceiling? And we just don't know that. Um, the numbers that he's got right now, I think, are adequate for a pretty talented football team, pretty mm-hmm. talented offense, um, to be able to put up a lot of points. Um, you know, if, if we're scoring, we're averaging 31 points a game right now. Okay. Um, you know, eh, problem is we're, we're giving up 31 and a half. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that we, you know, we need more offense. Okay. Um, so from, from Baker's perspective, um, I think he has been. Um, more than serviceable as a um, NFL quarterback that can get you to five and two. Okay, the, the big arguments out there right now are, you know, is he going to go to a Pro Bowl? Is he going to get you to a Super Bowl? Well, you know, we're we're too early in the conversation for, for that, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about whether you know he's going to be the next Brett Favre. OK, I'm fine with him just being Baker Mayfield and putting up 31 points a game. That, that's fine. Um, the thing I'll say about Baker, though, is, is that he seems to play his best football when he's got a chip on his shoulder. And that goes back to his, his days at Oklahoma, where, you know, he 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 feel when he feels like he's being disrespected um when he feels like the whole world's out to get him or everybody's against him okay is when he seems to play his best so you know what i I, it pisses me off when people go after him unnecessarily um but god if he plays like he did against cincinnati you know bring it on you know (laughs) go go ahead and rip the guy you know because he, he just plays better
0: you bring up a good point you bring up a good point i really hadn't thought of it that way but but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, people say it's against Cincinnati defense, but, you know, I think we kind of saw what he what he can do. And we've seen it before, but we saw what he can do in throwing five touchdown passes. You know, and I was trying to find the last Browns quarterback to throw five touchdown passes in the game, and I couldn't find it, guys. I, I looked and looked. It, it's, it, I just couldn't figure it out. So. Knows, Somebody yeah.
1: said Kelly Holcomb did. I was it. Say, I, I,
0: uh, Holcomb yeah. is always the uh, go-to trivia question when you can't find. Holcomb. He's right. He's- okay. Yeah, I, I know I, Otto Graham threw six twice, but that's the only thing I could find. You know, back in the you know, back right. a long time ago. But <laughs> that's all I could find, nobody else is throwing six other than Otto Graham. But um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so you know, for him to throw five touchdown passes in a game, that's certainly a glimpse of of the ceiling. You know, at least we know that Baker's got that in him. Does does that mean he's going to do it every week? No, does that mean – it certainly means he has the ability to, to go out there and play like that. So if you have a guy that can do that, you just – you need to give him a shot and give him, you know, distance. I, I guess, you know, but then there's what you said, Jeff. I guess if you want to keep ripping on him and make him play good, go for it. <laughs>
1: Well, and and here's the other thing, right? is I I, I tweeted something out a couple weeks ago, and you and I haven't talked about it, but, um, you know, there's an expectation level with a a first overall pick, Um, and I I made a basketball comparison, and I took some heat for it, Um, (laughs) but, you know, LeBron was number one overall, and Anthony Bennett was number one overall, okay, well, there's a lot of room in between those two and, and I don't care who you pick, but, but my point was, um, you know, maybe he's not LeBron, maybe he, but he's certainly not Anthony Bennett, but, but somewhere in between there, there's probably a pretty good quarterback that, you know, he's going to throw some interceptions. Um, he, he's going to have off games. He's going to have drives where he looks terrible. Okay. But there's been a lot of quarterbacks in the league that, that have had careers like that and won a lot of games along the way. OK, mm-hmm. that's that's what he is today. OK, when right. we talk about that ceiling. You know, maybe he gets better. Maybe he gets worse. I don't know. But, but what he is today is is a guy who can get you 31 points a game. That's that's proven. Um, and. And. We know there's going to be some mistakes. We know there's there's going to be some times where we want to, you know, scream at him, okay? But he's a good enough guy to get us to, you know, a 5-2 and two record right now. Um, and the reality is, is there's not a workable plan B, you know, where all these people are saying, you know, we need to upgrade. There is no upgrading. <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah. OK, I mean, let's be realistic. OK, you, you know, we're, we're not going to trade for somebody that's going to be an upgrade. We're not going to draft for some draft, somebody that's going to be an upgrade. And, right. And, you know, we are where we are for the next several years. OK, and yeah. and I've said it before, Wins are, are really important. Wins are, are mission critical this year. OK, if, if, if Baker keeps playing the way he's been playing, um. We're going to have a lot of wins, and that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, so, Patrick, final thoughts on Baker? Well,
1: and
2: what I think you know needs to be uh, looked at is the fact that we are scoring 31 points a game, but we have to. So he's put in a position – I mean, we're not winning these games 35 to 14. I mean, he mm-hmm. if he doesn't uh, come out and throw for five touchdowns, we lose. And I think that puts him in a position sometimes where he does force throws because he has to make plays. Um, I think if we improved on defense, and I, I kind of referenced this is going to be an ongoing theme for me today, this uh, bashing the defense. But he absolutely is in a position right now where he has to come up with a way to get this offense to 30, 35 points every game. And I think that does wear on him. He's a leader. Um, I think he feels the pressure to make plays. And I think that when we see some of those balls he squeezes or uh, he makes it it's because he is trying to make a play. Specific- I mean, the Steelers game specifically. Um, where he was just trying to make something happen. So um, we get, we get, we improve the defense. We get in a position where he doesn't, that would be kind of nice. So um, I think he's, he's pressing a little bit and that's uh, led to some of his decision-making issues. And I think that you're going to get that with him. He's a leader. He is a gunslinger. You referenced Favre earlier. Obviously, it's way too early to start putting him next to Hall of Famers. But I think there's a mindset that he has that's similar to Favre and that you're going to have to live with some of that every now and then. But it's because, He's trying to make a play.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So, let, let's move on to Odell, guys. All right. Odell, uh, you know, he, he's uh, done for the season uh, w- with the ACL. He he uh, he went he goes out in the first quarter, and, um, and uh, you know, I don't know the exact timing. I don't know if, if he went out and, and Baker's strength started right then, but, you know, it, some people, some people are gonna, uh, you know, say that that it's because Odell's not out there and Baker's not trying to force feed him and and all this stuff. I don't know. I'll let both you guys weigh in on that. What I did do is I, I projected Odell's numbers out for the season, assuming that he just played the six games. Uh, based on his numbers through six games, I mean he played he played less than a quarter. Baker hadn't completed a pass yet, so um, 61 catches, 850 yards, and eight touchdowns this season. And then uh, throw in the one rushing touchdown, you know, make it two maybe if you want. So, um, so I want you guys to each give me your thoughts on on the idea or what you think Odell not being out there does. Is it can it truly be a plus or is it obviously a a negative because of the guy's ability? So, Patrick, I'll let you go first on this one.
2: Well, I guess I'll open this up by saying um, and this will kind of give you an idea of where I stand on it. Uh, If I was given a choice and who I could get back right now, I would take Wyatt Teller back over Odell. If that gives you a little idea in terms of who I think would be a better I think would be a more important uh, plug back in. Um Odell is obviously a superior talent, um, but he does suck up a lot of the attention. Um, I think he has expectations as he should. He's, he's a superstar. He led the league in jersey sales for a lot of years. I think that does weigh in Baker's mind. Um, the offense, I mean, I, that 2018 ride was amazing. I, I loved watching that team um, when Baker was on fire. And that's what it looked like again on Sunday. And the one common denominator is Odell wasn't out there. So I, I, it's a controversial take, I think, to kind of come out. And I don't want to be anti. I'm not pro-injury. I'm not anti. I think we're going to see uh, a better Baker, a more efficient offense uh, without Odell, because I think he, I just don't know if he was the right player to plug into what we were trying to do. You get an opportunity to get a, a superstar like him. You have to take it. I'm not questioning um, the trade. It doesn't sound like Zeitler's working out there. For, I, I've listened to some giant stuff. Um and everything and, and peppers. And I, I don't think the trades are, yeah, you know, I, I don't think we have anything to worry about on that. And, but um, I'm interested to see what happens. I'll, I'll be more than happy to eat crow. I want him to get better. I don't know where we go. Uh, if we could get once again, to go back to the, my uh, harping on the defense, if we can get some defensive help for him, uh, I would not be adverse to that, but I'm kind of excited to see maybe with some 21 personnel, get two tight ends out there, and let Baker move, get the ball out of his hands quickly and not have to worry about uh, appeasing a player, which I think happens. Obviously, I have no proof of that, but that's simply my opinion.
0: Guys, Sunday is November 1st already. Don't let the holidays get away from you. Now's the time to act. Go to Etsy.com and check out the store Skippin' Stones, S-K-I-P-P-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-Z, and check out the handmade jewelry and other gift ideas there. There's free shipping on qualifying orders and you won't have to worry about the big delays in shipping that's going to happen this year. So act now, check it out, and now let's get back to the podcast. <laughs> Jeff, what do you think of that? Or, or what are your thoughts, period?
1: Sure. <laughs> wow, that, that's tough. I mean, um, well, this, this is kind of The problem with the mentality that we want to have an all pro at every position, you can't make everybody happy. Everybody can't get their numbers. We, you know, we knew going into this season that this was not going to be an offense that featured OBJ. This was going to be a Nick Chubb driven offense and Austin Hooper and, you know, Odell was going to have his role. And I I think he bought into that. From, you know, the way he, he was talking, um, the body language, for the most part, was better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, it, the, the Pittsburgh game, um, some antics on the sideline. Um, I mean, I just saw a competitor that, you know, hates losing. And the coach had told him, your day's over. Thank you. And, you know. I would probably be doing the same thing he did. I'd be throwing my jersey and, you know, kicking the ball boy or whatever. But I don't think that this offense is better without OBJ. I I think that's ludicrous to to say that, you know, you take one of the top receivers in the league out of your offense and you got better. Um, There's a certain amount that can be said for chemistry, but – if if teams don't have to game plan for OBJ, how does that affect everybody else? It, it's no different than taking Miles Garrett off your defensive line. Okay, it affects everybody else when he's not out there. So I would take 850 yards and however many receptions you said from from OBJ if we win 12 games, and I think he would sure. too. So, you know, yeah, I think we're going to be okay with, with him injured. I, I think we're okay with Chubb injured. Um, you know, we're, we're okay with with Austin Hooper getting his appendix out and being out for six weeks because we've got some depth. You know, we're, we're very fortunate that, you know, over the last couple of seasons, this, this roster has been put together with some depth some good quality backup guys that are able to step in and, and play at a high level. Um, and I think guys like uh Rashard Higgins and uh Kaderil Hodge when he comes back and and DPJ, they're they're gonna get their opportunities now. And yeah. you know, let's let's hope they continue to to take advantage of. Them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you, Jeff. Uh, the, the other factor for me is that I really feel or or felt like, uh, um, especially with OBJ, I felt like Stefanski is really, um, utilizing the skill set of these guys more than what we've seen, you know, from, (laughs) from prior regimes. Um, you know, uh, using his speed, uh, you know, kind of, um, just, just in some of the plays. Um, so I think, I think even if you're not highlighting him, uh, using him throwing, you know, throwing him, uh, you know, uh, 10 targets every game, you're still using him in, in, you know, in various ways. So, but I, I agree with you. I think he was a little bit different from last season. Um, as far as the team being better without him being out there, you know, if Baker does better without OBJ out there, for me, that, that's a Baker thing, and that was a thing that was in his head, okay? Um, not that he had an issue or anything, but, you know, it, it, if that's truly something that helped cause this turnaround, then then maybe Baker was fixated on trying to get the ball to OBJ too much or or focusing on where OBJ was and when he was open. And maybe without him out there, you know, maybe he's looking the field over better. You know, it's possible, but that's the only way I could see why OBJ not being out there would cause Baker to do better. Other than that, I think it's just, it was purely coincidence.
1: Hey, Rod, has anybody addressed that play that OBJ got injured on? I mean, I have never seen anybody talk about. What what went wrong on that interception? Um, you know, it, it looked to me like Baker thought he was running a different route. Um, mm,
0: because yeah, I didn't see anything.
1: Od- Odell, he was not even looking for the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was his eyes were down the field, and the ball was behind him. So I was just wondering if anybody in the coaching staff or anybody has has addressed you know what actually ha- I I find it hard to believe that that it was that far underthrown I mean if yeah. if it was underthrown and that was that play was designed that way then I think Odell would have been looking for the ball Yeah I think um, so, so I, I don't I don't know what went wrong there but there's there's obviously some miscommunication between the two of them um, and that is that's probably more of a contributing factor um, to why things haven't meshed.
0: Yeah, it does feel like we've seen a bit of miscommunication between those two over, you know, over the past, whatever season and a half. You know, I think there was more of it last, last season, but I think we've seen our fair share of it this season. So, um, one more guy I want to talk about. Now we're going to move on and talk about the Raiders guys. Um, Harrison Bryant. Okay, you're talking about depth. Talk about a guy who uh, who took advantage of you know of getting some playing time. Um, He looked great out there. Okay, a couple touchdown catches. uh, You know, he he looks like he just looks like uh, a guy who's going to be very reliable. Great hands, and um, you know. I wouldn't have any problem starting him. You know, I think he's a guy that can can almost, you know, play, you know. I think he has pretty decent speed to where he's, you know, can kind of act like a receiver out there, too. So, when during the game, when they were saying the Browns were down to whatever, two or three receivers, I'm thinking, well, you got Harrison Bryant, too. He's kind of almost a wide receiver. So, what was the impression you guys got? Or, I don't know where you stood on, on uh, Harrison Bryant, going into the season or, or going into this game. But um, what, were, what are your thoughts, Patrick? Uh,
2: well, um, I was a big fan of the draft pick. And uh, full disclosure, at about noon on Sunday, I pulled Travis Kelsey out of my fantasy lineup and started Harrison Bryant over him, uh, which most people thought was crazy in my league. And I was rewarded handsomely. I, I Big fan. Um, as I referenced here, I like when we have two uh, tight ends on the field uh, and then I think Bryant adds a little bit more than Joku. Um, I think he's more willing to block. He does add that right receiver element, too, where he, um, he runs great routes, gets himself open, very athletic, uh, posts up like a basketball player. Big, big fan of the guy. I, I, I'm really uh, excited to watch what happens with him for the rest of the year. I think he's going to be, if, if Baker continues to progress and, uh, and, and start moving towards that ceiling that we're unsure of what it actually is, Harrison Bryant's going to be a big part of it. Just
1: uh, I am a very big fan of him.
0: Yeah, so Jeff, do you agree, or am I overreacting a little bit?
1: Well, I mean, it's a little early, but I think the body of work is is coming together for the for the kid. Um, How long is Austin Hooper's contract? Three, four years?
0: It's three or four. I was thinking, I think it's four.
1: I mean, there's there's a really good chance that that Bryant's your number one tight end. Um, whenever that contract expires or, or the Browns move on from Hooper. Um, I mean, everything seems to be there at this point. Um, and I, I said on draft day that, that David and Joku's days with the Browns were numbered. Um, and he's kind of, with the exception of the touchdown pass on Sunday, <laughs> um, he's kind of played himself off this team almost. Um, so yeah, and there's uh, the great thing about Brian is that, like you said, Rod, there's so many different ways that the Browns can and, and are using him. Um, he's very versatile. So, um, you know, in an offense that really only uses two wideouts most of the time, he, he does give you that number three between he and Kareem Hunt. They're, they're getting those number three wide receiver uh, opportunities. So, yeah. Um, It's it's just, it was great to see him have that game on Sunday. Um, I think we knew he was capable of it, Um, and it just helps to build his confidence, you know, um, as a rookie that, you know, he can go out there and compete every week, and man, um, good to see.
0: Yeah, you know, the Browns have, for the past several seasons, most of their tight ends have been on the smaller side, and I think. Bryant mm. is in that mold where he's, I, I don't have his size right in front of me, but six, like 6'4", six, 240, 245 or something like that. But I got to tell you guys, I, it seems like he plays bigger than that. Absolutely. Um, you know, he he uh, he plays through contact and he carries guys. So, uh, you know, it, it's pretty impressive. You know, I, I, I agree with you guys. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm impressed by him and, uh, you know, I, I think he's – He's, he's got a bright future with the Browns in my opinion. so uh, So let's talk some Raiders. The Browns uh, Browns host the Raiders at one o'clock on Sunday. Raiders are three and three and some people are probably chalking this up as you know as, as a win. Um, guys, uh, the next several games the Browns play, they you know, they're, they're uh, probably not easy games, you know, games that the Browns are gonna have to compete in. Uh, of course, I keep telling people who tell me that uh, you know that the bang, there was just the Bengals. You know, it was you know just Washington and all this. There are not easy wins in the NFL. Nobody yeah. just shows up and says, ah, we're not going to play today. You know, you get, to get to win. <laughs> doesn't happen that way. You show up nonchalant and you're going to get your butt kicked by anybody. So the Raiders guys are three and three. They've, they've got wins over uh, Carolina, um, New Orleans, and Kansas City. <laughs> Only team to beat KC this year, forty to thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that was at Kansas City, by <laughs> the way. Um, their losses are to to the Patriots, the Bills, and the uh, and the, the Buccaneers. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, so I don't really know if we know what the Raiders are. The Raiders are kind of in the mold of the Browns where they're pretty much all offense and not so much defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you look at their stats, I mean, uh, um, stats, I mean, they... Go ahead. Do you have something no, I was going to say they're,
1: they're scoring 27.8 points a game and giving up 30. So... Very much like the Browns. Yeah, we, we know that feeling.
0: Yeah, I was looking at, oh, I want to talk about, um, they are, uh, they're minus five in turnover ratio, and they have, um, let's see, seven, yeah, they only have seven quarterback sacks on the year. So I like those two numbers. Definitely like those two numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Derek Derek Carr is uh, he's been playing very well I think he's um, I think he's 11 Tds and only two interceptions um, and he's been spreading the ball around they don't really have like a number one guy they're throwing he's throwing it to a lot of different guys and uh, um, you know I think to um, talk about Jacobs Jacobs it seems like his numbers are a little bit down this year but um, I think they're you know they're a little bit not averaging as much in the run as they were, so um, so we'll see how that goes. But they're scoring points, so um, I think it's an interesting game. Uh, another one. It seems like all the Browns games are interesting in matchups. When you when you when you have a team that's all offense and 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 uh, has the type of defense that the Browns do, um, yeah, you're looking at all these matchups. So. So, uh, so Jeff, what what do you see in this game? Um, I mean, what what specifically are you going to be watching as far as matchups, or uh, you know, or individual players that you know that are most important for the Browns in this
1: one? Well, I, I think Chucky is an emotion guy. Um, he he tends to wear out his welcome pretty quickly, but while he's you know in Chucky mode, um, guys tend to get pretty jazzed and play hard for him. Um, I think a West coast team coming East is about as hard as an East coast team going West. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I feel like that gives the Browns an edge being at home against a West coast team. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be watching the emotion level. For the Raiders, um, you know, if we if we dig ourselves another hole, and and the Raiders are you know highly emotional coming in, it could be a long afternoon. Um, but I think on balance, I, I like our chances being being at home against a three and three team um, that we can probably win a shootout against. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Patrick, what do you, what do you think?
2: Uh, well, I told you the theme is going to be me talking about the defense and I'm, I'm worried about a couple matchups um, that tight end Waller they have creates problems for us.
0: Um, he creates it, problems for a lot of people. Yeah, he's, 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 pretty, good. he's a good player.
2: Just smart enough and good enough that he, he can dissect some of the problems we have on defense and then rugs can get over the top too. So rugs and Waller concern me quite a bit. Um, on the flip side, though, like you said, in terms of the shootout, they do not get after the passer very well. They've got Crosby, the kid from Eastern Michigan, who literally is the, the, the only guy that seems to be doing anything for them in terms of uh, creating
0: yeah. any recording. I, I think he has four sacks. Yeah, yeah
2: so he. Uh, but I think I think we can mitigate him. Uh, so I, I, we 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 can get our points, but we're going to have to. I I, I the, the the Raiders have the that the that Waller ruggs combo is almost tailor made to attack our weaknesses. So. Um, I expect the same thing. There are, like you said, there are no easy victories. and not, Nothing's a pushover in the NFL. Um, I think they've performed a little better against the uh, cream of the crop than we have, which is a, a concern as well, considering the the way we've looked against uh, the Ravens and Steelers. And then uh, they look more compet. The Buccaneers, you know, obviously it was a, it was a comfortable win, but they look uh, better than we did against a better team. And then you you, you cited the Chiefs game. So I it, it, I. Hoping, hoping for the best, but I uh, will be cringing every time and, and crossing my fingers watching Waller and Ruggs <laughs> in offense. <laughs> do,
0: do you feel like the, like this Raiders offense compares to the Cowboys offense when the Browns played the Cowboys?
2: Yeah. I, and what, you know, you've got the, the uh, Alabama wide receivers uh, connection there and things like that. Uh, so I, I think so. I, I don't think jacobs and maybe elliot's better he's had hasn't had as good a year mm-hmm. um but I, I think that's a pretty solid comparison and you know they they got their points too at, at, at a certain point in the game um uh like like i said i just tight ends on our line on our linebackers is a problem so that and that is what they're going to try to expose
0: yeah. For sure, pretty, pretty much face that every week, though. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. <laughs> I,
2: I don't know exactly what Spider Two Y Banana is or whatever it is Gruden has, but if uh, it, it involves a tight end, I'm worried about it. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, they've they've uh, they've given up a lot of points. Um, like you said, they don't get after the quarterback real well. I think uh, you know, obviously, the defense is going to need some stops. Uh, they're they're minus in the turnovers. Hopefully, Browns will create some turnovers like they've been doing. But unfortunately, I think this is going to be another game where the, where it's going to fall on the offense to feel like they've got to score most yeah. of the times yeah. they have the ball. Yeah. They're just going to feel like they need to. So hopefully hopefully that can happen. Um, I, you know, and, and we're kind of early in the week here, guys, so I don't know. I, I tried to look at the injury reports. Um, I, I see Wyatt Teller is still questionable, so I don't yeah. know if there's a chance he's going to play this. This Sunday or not? I don't know if they even have any idea yet. So it would sure be nice to get him back, you know, to help give Kareem some running room uh, to get some to get some ground game going. Um, that you know, just to, just to make things a little bit easier for Baker. That would sure be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, Jeff. I, I just before we kind of close things out here and get some predictions for this game. I, I want to I want to bring up the, the conversation we had um, about the uh, about the recording um, or about the show that we did what back in what February Yeah so so Jeff texts me and says hey listen you need to listen to the show again that we recorded in, in February and I don't remember the exact show or the date but uh, mm-hmm. it, it's when Jeff and I uh, talked. Um, it was off season, and we, we talked a bit, but it was too early to really speculate on who the Browns were going to sign or anything. So we talked, uh, you know, we just talked about some of the old Browns teams and stuff. And, and we kind of came to the conclusion that back when we started watching the Browns, uh, following the Browns, you know, back in the Sipe and then Kosar days, We rooted for the players. Yeah. And we've come to the conclusion now that a lot of the newer fans and and guys, I, I, I'm going to say this, understand I'm not really getting on people because I think that there are reasons for this, but people now, a lot of fans don't root for the specific players. And some do. They, they root for the uniform and they root for the team. Now, part of that is because of free agency and guys don't stay with with teams throughout their career. And and, and there seems to be a lot more turnover now uh, for a lot of different reasons. But it's just things are so much different now than they were and I probably sound really old by saying this, but back when <laughs> back when we started you know watching because you know we knew who the players were because they were there for several seasons in a row and you could get to know guys and you know you knew guys numbers you know from the prior season you didn't have to learn them when a season started. Um, it, it was just it was just a lot different and I think that that I think that's why, I have had such a hard time with this with this Baker thing, too. Um, you know, and of course, people are because of the game he had. You know, throwing five touchdown passes, it, people are like, oh, you know, well, well, great. You know, he he looks good now. Okay, <laughs> Baker's Baker's a quarterback. You know, you got. I, I have to root for this guy. Okay, it, I wasn't a Baker guy going into the draft. Okay. And it doesn't even matter who I thought I wanted at that point. You know, the Browns picked Baker. As soon as they picked him, bing, he's he's my quarterback. All right. So I'm rooting for Baker. As long as he's a Brown, I'm a Baker fan and, and I want him to do well. Okay, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that I you know, that I think he's perfect. Or, or anything else. You know, I, I see the mistakes in that. But what it does mean is that I want him to have the chance to grow and the chance that any quarterback in Cleveland should get. Uh, and, and this is this is beyond him being a number one pick, guys. You know, it, Grady was the number one pick. But the fact that the guy can actually play quarterback and throw the ball with the arm strength and the accuracy that he's shown, at least from time to time, man, why would we not want him out there? After the jersey and all this stuff, it's like do people forget what we've been through in Cleveland? This this is what kind of drives me nuts. People, uh, I think people get a little bit like, um, you know, like they just feel that since we've been through a lot of bad times, that we all of a sudden deserve a championship or something you know we deserve to have a top 5 quarterback so baker's not the guy so let's get rid of him and we'll just grab another one yep we have suffered and suffered with this team okay for for 20 years let's let this thing go right let's give the kid a fair chance and and man let's let's hope that some of these guys like baker and miles and denzel stick around you know for enough seasons that that we've and that we're not just rooting for the uniform that we're playing right yeah 100 yeah, percent
2: and i think the biggest difference from uh now and then the cardiac kid days in the 80s though social media gives us a lot more opportunity to share our opinions i'm sure there was a few times i heard my dad or someone curse brian brendan back in the 80s but in, in the end we are all behind all those guys just because we didn't get all day to sit on social media so i think it's made it a little more prevalent but there's no one that's more behind Baker right now than me. I mean, you're, you're talking to a guy who thought Eric Zyre was a savior at one point in time. So I'll take Baker any day of the week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you look good coming out. Zyra looked <laughs> yeah. good coming out. <laughs> so Charlie Fry and a lot of other guys. Absolutely. <laughs> but you're right about social media. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't even know what other people thought if weren't for social media. Right. So, yeah, it'd be different. Right. So, um, so uh you guys want to throw out some uh, some predictions for the for the Raiders game Jeff you want to go first Yeah, sure prediction I'll, I'll, and if I'll you want to throw a out big, a stat prediction or something else too for anybody you could do that
1: yeah I'll take a big swing at it um, I think this is gonna be a high scoring game <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm always taking the over. With the Browns this this year. Um, oh, let me before you go
0: on. I I, I had notes here. I looked at uh, the Browns are a two and a half point favorite, which means it's pretty much an even game with it being at home. Yeah. Um, the over under is fifty three and a half on this game, guys.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So go ahead. Three
1: and a half. Okay. Well, I'm I'm saying I'm saying that 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 there's going to be eighty points scored in this game. <laughs> and yeah. And the Browns are going to win. The Browns are going to win forty-two to thirty-eight. Um, and Baker's probably going to throw five touchdown passes again, and it, it probably still won't be enough for some people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's. I, I need somebody to look up to see if 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 uh, any Browns quarterback has ever gone five touchdown passes in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: I think. Yeah. This that would probably be a first.
0: Yeah, I would think so. So, uh, so Patrick, what do you have for us?
2: Uh, I've also got a high scoring, not quite that high. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the three points you should get being at home and give Browns a 34 to 31 victory. Um, I, I hoping I'm hoping for the big day from Baker. I think we see another big uh, breakout day from Harrison Bryant again. Um, so that those those are my picks in terms of players. But yeah, 34 31 Browns, and that gets you the over, and they cover there. So
0: nice so you got you got Harrison Bryant with uh, just a big day
2: you know I think he might get two touchdowns again I think I think he's going to be a focal point
0: okay all right um let's see what do I think I you guys know I'm taking the Browns um and I I also think it'll be a close game I'm going to go somewhere somewhere between what you guys said so I'll just go like 38 35 but I'm a I think uh, I think we saw a little bit of Richard Higgins, a little bit of that chemistry. I think I think Higgins is going to kind of step up in this game. So I think uh, I think he'll have a nice day. Um, you know, maybe push a hundred hundred receiving yards and, and a touchdown or two. Yep, that's a good call. Okay. Um, yeah, and then uh, the Browns get a buy after that. So well, you know, six and two would be nice uh, going into a buy. Let's let's hope that they can pull that off. Go ahead, Patrick. I think I interrupted you.
2: Oh no, no, I just said I'll take it. That's all. I mean, six. I just I'm I'm sitting here wistfully thinking about being six and two going into a buy. So <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 definitely. So um, so yeah, guys, I think I think we're gonna close up shop, uh, Patrick. What would you What would you uh, like to leave everybody with any closing Closing words?
2: Uh, you know what I think. Uh, have faith in Baker. I think that's kind of. I think if we, we uh, dissect this podcast, that's probably been the the overriding theme. Have faith in Baker. I, I think I think he's the guy. I'm I'm gonna stick with him and continue to support him. And I think we're I think we're gonna see uh, him starting move towards that uh, hypothetical ceiling we were talking about.
0: Excellent Excellent. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been uh, it's been uh, great talking to you and getting your points of view. So, uh, Jeff, what do you have for us?
1: Um, just to finish your thought on uh, what we spoke about back in February, Rod. Um, it's okay to emotionally invest in these players. I just want the fan base to hear that. Yeah. Um I, I think there's just a reluctance, like you said, there's not to psychoanalyzing anybody, but there's just a reluctance to get emotionally invested in players in Cleveland. Yeah. We've got good players. It's okay to get emotionally invested in these players.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Well. Let's uh, let's get another win, guys. Absolutely. All right. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.